Does everybody know what time it is? Listening to Rockapella is like stabbing your upper mouth with a Dorito, but Landon, instead of your mouth, no, it's your ears. No, instead dude, of a Dorito, dude, it's the worst no, sound ever. No, no, you can't piss music. them off. It's grunt work. They'll kill us. Welcome to Grunt Work, the podcast about the TV series Home Improvement that the Manhattan Transfer and Rockapella don't want you to hear. <laughs> I'm Truman. <laughs> I'm Truman the Hugman Caps, and with me, as always, is my partner in podcasting, Landon the Stucco Man Solano. <laughs> oh man, and I got stucco on the idea that I hate Rockapella. That's what I like is that we were both uh, slandering our own uh, sort of duopy swingy group, so we never will truly know who it was who took us down. <laughs> It's like when they execute someone by yeah. firing squad, they give one of the guards a blank, so no one can ever know for sure who really killed the person. <laughs> uh, so that, I think, yeah, I think at this point we have to hire a private investigator, uh, perhaps a special agent, uh, in order to do some investigation for us. Uh, okay, is, is, is this turning background into a where in the world is Carmen San Diego thing? Where like no. <laughs> A whole bunch of a whole bunch of children are, uh, are are have to figure this thing out because all of the world's detectives cannot. I was thinking more that we have to bring Detective uh, or Agent Borland out of retirement oh. uh, for one last case. De- so now he's Detective Borland. He's well, like a, I correct. I, I self corrected as I was going. Agent Borland or whatever whatever rank you raise to. Uh, after your your years, your tenure in the the service, Detective Borland, you can build anything, but you can't build this case. I want your gun and your badge on my desk by eight o'clock. <laughs> oh my God, this is I the... don't think so, Captain. <laughs> this is like that movie that Michael Scott uh, wrote in uh, the Office. Uh, yeah, Threat Level Midnight. Threat Level Midnight. Agent yeah. Michael Scarn. <laughs> I'd like to think that um, that Al Borland is writing his own. Uh, <laughs> he's not writing memoirs. He's writing fictional uh, movies, screenplays of his own uh, agent accounts. Just just about, just about an everyday, average, total everyman type <laughs> who's just the assistant on a basic cable tool show who winds up saving the world. <laughs> Welcome, new listeners who know exactly what we're talking about. Oh man, yeah, new listeners who heard us start off by slandering Rockapella and Manhattan Transfer, and then go right into talking about spies and film noir. <laughs> Uh, Landon, how how are you? How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing just fine. Uh, it's good to see you, as always. Uh, yeah, it's good to be seen, uh, as, as always. <laughs> it means yet another day that I am not... Well, I was going to say yet another day that I'm not a vampire, but I guess you can see vampires. It's just you can't see their reflections. Uh, that's true, yeah. But you did... Well, you didn't invite me into your house. I just walked right in. So I think you can assume you're not a vampire. Y- yeah, I mean, I hope so. Either that or I'm breaking all the vampire laws. <laughs> uh, I have some garlic I can uh, bring out in a little bit. Uh, that's that's fine. actually bring it out now. I love this stuff. Okay, definitively <laughs> not a vampire. Uh, yeah. Well, no, you know, I'm doing I'm doing pretty well. Although I am, uh, I think the the technical term that uh, that that Mark Twain would use is butt hurt uh, about Uh-oh. what happened last week with the end of our episode because. <laughs> Well, no, I, I I feel bad that we, you know, we didn't really, aside from me kind of quickly wrapping things up and telling people the grunt but count. But you did a fantastic job Oh, well, well, thank you, thank you. Flying solo. What but you it? know, if you want to do the outro, all you have to do is ask. You don't have to cut <laughs> off the whole episode just to pretend. I just have a hard time asking for help, Landon. I just, 
I have to create these structures in which I can step up to the plate and be the hero. No, I think the real I, the real thing I'm concerned about is that uh, this is going to become a Genesis type situation where you know I'm Phil Collins and at first I'm just a part of the band, but then eventually I just want to go out solo and do my own thing, and then every episode of Grunt Work is just me muttering into a USB <laughs> mic in my room. Well, does that mean that I could be Peter Gabriel and that we both have uh, illustrious solo careers ahead of us? I, I think I think it could. I totally both, okay both with the that. separate home improvement podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just turn into bitter enemies at some point. Who keeps the name? Like, what, do we get joint custody on the name? Is one grunt work one week and the other one a different show? Oh yeah, I don't know. It, uh, well, one of us could take full time. <laughs> it would be me. I would. I would want that be- because yours would be the fact based one, and mine would be the stupid bullshit based one. Uh, yeah. Well, no. I I feel bad that we lost some stuff from the end because. Like, the only thing that really happened at the end of that episode is the Manhattan transfer, those rascals singing their song, and then and then Tim kind of mugging for the camera yeah. and dancing as Al they do it. Al getting stuck in the chimney and yeah. Tim getting him out with a chainsaw. And Not the Widowmaker. No, not the Widowmaker. But just the chainsaw. Just a, just a standard garden variety chainsaw, so yeah. small that one barely even notices it. <laughs> but I had... This is one of those things where as we had been recording it, I had made a comment... Uh, about how Tim is mugging for the camera like Chevy Chase in the You Can Call Me Al video. Yeah. And then ever since making that and in the lead up to editing, I was like, oh man, I made that really insightful comment about how he's like Chevy Chase in the You Can Call Me Al video. And I had a lot of thoughts about that that I was planning to discuss in this episode, but then me mentioning that got cut off. But I wanted to say actually that I have... In thinking about that, I have had some thoughts about a comparison between Tim Allen and Chevy Chase. Oh, interesting. I'd love to hear this. Yeah, okay, okay, that's good, because I told a bunch of people about it on the bus, and they did not want to hear about it. <laughs> they were like, sir, I'm trying to drive, please. <laughs> uh, so I think that Tim Allen and Chevy Chase are opposite sides of the same coin. Okay. There is yin and there is yang, and I don't know which one is which, but they, they are both part of that. Okay. So these are both guys who are known for playing overconfident, bumbling, insecure, but well-intentioned kind of suburban father figures. If you look at... Okay. You know, they do it in a different way. If you Because if you look at the, the National Lampoon movies... Yeah, the Clark uh, Griswold character. Yeah. yeah. And that's really... Like, Chevy Chase in those... Much like Tim, he has a very specific idea of the kind of dad he wants to be, of the kind of family mm-hmm. experiences he wants to create... Uh, traditions are important to him and he is you know he's always trying to to make something big happen he wants to make the best family vacation ever or the best christmas ever sure yeah and it always goes wrong uh and tim's you know we've discussed endlessly how tim is kind of the same version of that but what i've noticed about the two of them is that chevy's sort of Chevy Chase's, I hate when people call comedians by their first name like they know them. Like, how many parties I've been at where guys like, oh yeah, Aziz says that. Oh, Aziz always does this. No, no, you're not his friend. You don't know him. I knew someone who once uh, met Moby and started calling him Mo. <laughs> I'd call him Mobes, personally. Um, but well, so I think that Chevy Chase's version of that is kind of a friendlier and more naive one, whereas Tim's has kind of a more of a sense of anger and outrage. Mm, something bubbling below the surface. Yeah, it's like he perceives everything bad that happens to him or every time someone makes fun of him, uh, he perceives it as a, as a threat to his authority and mm-hmm. he kind of reacts angrily. Whereas Chevy Chase is always, you know, in his characters, that always seems to be more of kind of a, oh, ah, shucks, what are you going to do? Got to try again. <laughs> And he's he's more of a victim of circumstance, uh, Chevy Chase is. Yeah. Uh, whereas Tim, uh, you, I, I see what you're saying, and you can kind of sense 
the inner war that's waging between uh, the idea of manhood and reconciling that with uh, the ideas of womanhood and uh, strong independent women and feminism and you know what does that mean for traditions and you know yeah. how do you how do you not to comment on his actual political views but uh how do you balance uh uh the progressive nature of things with mm. traditions and conservatism and, and whatnot yeah and i think that what this all comes down to at the end when it comes to uh a a dude mugging for the camera <laughs> i think chevy chase's mugging for the camera is more enjoyable because when i watch him do it in the you can call me al video or really anything because mugging is yeah. a, a big bit of his shtick it seems just so kind of naive and happy and just just kind of like a goofy <laughs> clown when tim was doing it particularly in this episode all this mugging that we yeah. described at length but then got cut off by the manhattan transfer uh, when he's doing it, it seems somehow just more mean-spirited, like there's kind of a smirk or a sneer it's to a it in a way. more aggressive, yeah. And also part of it is him mugging with the chainsaw that he's going to use to cut Al out of the chimney, even as Al is pleading with him not to do that. Yeah. So I I just, I present to you that Tim Allen and Chevy Chase are sort of the alpha and the omega, and <laughs> at, during the apocalypse, the two of them will fight to the death on top of a mountain. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's a movie I'd watch. Yeah, yeah. And also I want to say, not stating a preference either way, because I, yeah. I think both Tim Allen and Chevy Chase are super talented at what they do, and I also think that neither one of them is someone I'd necessarily want to know personally, <laughs> but they just do it in different ways, sure. and they have different strengths of comedy, which, yeah, yeah. that occurred to me. Yeah, I, I totally understand and see what you're saying, and um, I, I have a different perception of Chevy Chase a little bit. Uh, I see him more as... Not not an all shucks sort of dude, but so kind of blasé about everything. Like, can't nothing's worth him getting invested in. So it just kind yeah. of everything rolls off his shoulders. Yeah. But I do love that you love the uh, you can call me Al video because I feel like it's a pretty common hate commonly hated music video, and I it, it's like a childhood video of mine. It's just it's just enjoy what I mean. It's so simple. What's yeah. not to like? It's but and I think that. People rail on it because of Chevy Chase, but I think that its brilliance comes in the dad, uh, the deadpan humor of Paul Simon. Oh, absolutely. And the, him just kind of walking in and out of the room, yeah. bringing stuff in and out. He keeps trying to sing, but Chevy Chase cuts him off, even though it's his lyrics. <laughs> yeah. I think that in that if you were to assign roles from the You Can Call Me Al video to this podcast, I think you're the Paul Simon. You're the hey. guy who's... You're the one who's doing the work. You're moving the bongo drums in. You're the one who's looking up the people on IMDb and and you know finding out about all the information for Pam's Corner. And I'm just I'm just Chevy Chase, man. I'm just in here, you know, lip syncing and and dancing around with a trumpet and stuff like that. Uh, well, hey, I'll take uh, I'll take a Paul Simon legacy. Yeah, I mean, well, okay, so I guess so I guess I'm Phil Collins and then you're Paul Simon, which is a really <laughs> odd concert tour. I'm sure that they they did some sort of age concert back in the 80s together yeah yeah probably so i'm sorry i don't have a better joke to go out on that <laughs> uh we watched an episode of home improvement yeah today. this is a home improvement podcast it is still <laughs> we watched an episode of home improvement today that was uh kind of vexing it was the oh uh, I, I that's mean, my I, review of it i, I feel <laughs> I vexed. figure out how to put that phonetically and i'll uh, post that on imdb i, I don't my review uh, <laughs> I don't want to say that this was a plot light episode, but I think that this episode was sort of a charcuterie board of <laughs> of tastes of what could have been a full episode, and it's just like just uh, yeah, a it's it's 
uh, it's split into two. I mean, the A story and the B story are actually pretty evenly keeled here, and I feel like either one could have been a strong episode on yeah. its own. Um, why don't we go into the synopsis of this? Yeah, well, it, rather than just kind of discussing just, it esoterically. Just, and... Yeah, dangling it in front of our listeners' ears. Yeah, well, why don't you synopsize it up for All us? All right, well, this week we find out that uh, Jill is a bit of a pack rat, and uh, Tim is fed up with it. He can uh, barely get his clothes out of the closet due to the sheer amount of items that Jill has accumulated over the years. A uh, multitude of belts uh, in varying shades of red. 49 belts. Wow. <laughs> uh, clothes that are too big, too small. <laughs> uh, and yes. And some clothes that are just right. <laughs> Even a fruit hat from her uh, <laughs> days as cosplaying as Carmen Miranda. Tim gives her an ultimatum. Clear out the closet or he's going to demolish and renovate. Uh, certainly, this would be inspiration enough for anybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Knowing Tim's track record. Given uh, what he did to the bathroom a year ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, to take action. But Jill uh, drags her feet, and Tim's more power wishes uh, come true as he sets out to build the ultimate uh, the ultimate automated closet. <clears throat> I have a little bit more. Oh, you, there's more. Okay. There is more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Oh, wait. Meanwhile, uh, Brad has just socked a kid in the kisser at school <laughs> because uh, he was making fun of him for being hugged by his dad. Uh, he's been sent home with a note for his parents to sign saying that they are aware of the situation. And if it happens again, Brad will be suspended. Um, and, you know, in this season, I feel like Brad is going through some uh, some rough times. Changes. <laughs> and he needs to turn and face the strange. What, have you taken my thing now? I was like, I was well, like, you didn't do it this episode. I had to pick up the slack. Oh, because people people had toxing blue balls. They needed someone to <laughs> someone to handle that. Uh, well, he is like it seems like rough times for Brad, he, yeah. and he's taking on a more kind of aggressive bad boy posture to the point that he even steps to the king, Randy, and he threatens does. him. And and uh, Randy blinks. Yeah, he does. Uh, it's it's a very well, well. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, it's it's. it's Let's play our game called What's This Episode Called? Oh man, this episode is called uh <laughs> mm, I'm trying to think how progress you know how how on top of it they wanted to be. Out of the closet? Uh no. Uh uh no, I I don't know. It is called Bell Bottom Blues. Oh, that's probably my third favorite Eric Clapton song. That's okay. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, there you I go. I mean, bell bottoms don't really play a huge role in this until the very end. It's tacked on, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, still, uh, you know, better than groin pains, better than abandoned family. Yeah, Jill's uh, birthday. <laughs> at least Jill's birthday wasn't trying to be something it wasn't. It's true. Yeah. Uh, so what I found interesting about this episode is that so often the things that Tim is getting all jazzed up about are, are putting bigger engines in motor vehicles or, uh, smashing a thing and putting in a new, well, I guess he does smash a thing and put in a new thing. But, but what is motivating Tim so much in this episode is really not a desire to soup up something and do a super manly masculine thing it's to reorganize and and uh improve a closet yeah. so to to build more storage space and that this was funny for me because recently in my apartment i have been trying to kind of 
renovate is too big of a word because it's mainly going to ikea and <laughs> you're buying not taking the stuff. sledgehammer to your closet no no i'm not i'm going to ikea and then really my girlfriend has taken the lead on building this stuff so it's hardly me at all but <laughs> but i have been trying so hard to kind of put more storage space into my room yeah. and reorganize my room and make it more efficient uh, and it's and I've been getting really psyched and jazzed on that process. So it's weird to see Tim getting super excited about a thing that I'm actually doing myself. <laughs> like I recently reorganized my closet and have felt really good about it because yeah. I put new storage stuff and drawers in there and, and have got so much more space. And so I, I don't know, like for me, it's not so much more power as more efficiency. <laughs> And Tim seems to be into more efficiency, too. Uh, yeah, which is in contrast to his general attitude, because he certainly doesn't take that approach with Maureen whenever she's on, who <sighs> wants to make the show more efficient. If he if he ran his TV show like he runs this closet, it would... <laughs> well, yeah, but also, I'm not 100... Well, I'm not really 100% on board with the modifications to the closet, either, but... Yeah. Uh... So, I mean, that was an interesting thing to me, that it's Tim taking on closet organization as yeah. a project, but it just, nothing in this episode really ever seemed to fire. I mean, it's a little bit about his his oldest son's violent tendencies, and it's a little bit about his wife's hoarding tendencies, Yeah, and it's a little bit about men hugging each other, but it's not really a whole <laughs> lot about anything. It's not, and I, I'm starting to wonder if they thought, you know, uh, looked at their budget for each series, uh, season and thought, you know, okay, last year in season one, our big, oh, I get to say it. I get to say my favorite title. Poke the bear. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, in Bubble Bubble Toil and Trouble. Of course. Uh, you know, we got the big bathroom renovation. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking that this is going to become, because I know that he does a few others down the line. I'm wondering if once per season they set aside an episode where he can renovate and do this big automated thing because it does i even wrote a note uh later in uh this episode where it's like as impractical as it is everything that he does uh to these projects of his these these big you know man more power closet more power uh, bathroom <laughs> whatever it there is something fun about the unveiling of it. Yeah, it is yeah. kind of a crowd pleaser. It's it's what the show is here for. Exactly, it's, it's big sight gags that they spend a bunch of money to build into the set. Yeah, so I have to assume that they're just constructing the narrative of the episode around the idea of doing that, and it just doesn't. It's not as strong of an episode because of it. Yeah. Yeah, that that sounds right. I mean, what's the same thing sort of happens with the Christmas and the Halloween episodes where it's like they know they have one big thing that they want to show at the end. <laughs> right. And then it's okay, we need like 13 minutes of plot before that that is not really related to it. What can yeah. we whip up? Right. Um so this episode begins in the bedroom. Yes. With them cleaning out the closet. This closet cleaning is so thorough yeah. and so intense that the grunt creep has somehow gotten a sock flipped over it that has weighed it down to the ground. Yeah. And then he takes a hit. Yeah. yeah. Tim, Tim he, yanks his clothes out of the closet. So the grunt creep is, creep is a man, is what we're saying? Uh, well, uh, I would say that uh, men tend to be a little bit creepier than, than women. That is true. That uh, is very, very true. <laughs> Not that women can't be creeps. I've run into a few female creeps in my life, but... I, quite a few, yes. <laughs> uh, Sometimes on, the same female creeps. Uh, on the whole, I would say men tend to be... But I'm open to maybe maybe it's gender fluid. Well, let's wait for it to grow some legs and see what's between. No, nope, not no. Nope. 
I, you know what? I'm willing to go on board right now to say that the the Grunt Creep, the Home Improvement logo, is gender fluid. That was one of the reasons it didn't get invited back for the finale, actually, was because it was uh, in the middle of its transition. It was a little <laughs> too controversial for the late 90s. Uh so yeah, they're they're cleaning out the closet. Tim yeah. Tim pulling a yanking a shirt out of the closet because it's so stuffed up. Man manages to uh, whip the grunt creep out of the frame, <laughs> and he's just getting on Jill's case for how uh, how jam packed the closet is. How she won't get rid of yeah. anything, and it is pretty jam packed. I mean the the bar that the hangers are yeah. you know all the clothes are hanging from is dipped in the middle. Uh, just from the sheer volume of her her clothes. Yeah, it's probably all of those lead shirts that she has, too. <laughs> I think lead was a really popular uh, material in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's... And you know, he pulls out this big Carmen Miranda hat that she yeah. that she apparently wore in seventh grade when she dressed up as Carmen Miranda and then has just kept forever. Yeah, and a uh, little, little known fact, or maybe it's a widely known fact, I don't know. Those are just called truth hats. Wait, that... I thought that there would be, like, a more exotic term for them. There should be a name. A fruit hat. Really? Wait, so... That's that's the Wikipedia entry for it, at least. So so all the newspapers, when Carmen Miranda was really popular, were just like, Carmen Miranda dazzled us with her fruit hat tonight. (laughs) I guess so, yeah. I mean, I literally typed into Google, what is a term for a fruit hat? And it just (laughs) came back, fruit hat. (laughs) It seems to me that the edible arrangements people are really missing out <laughs> by not offering fruit hats. Oh my god! Listen, as a vegetarian, I love fruit. Well, I guess you don't have to be a vegetarian to love fruit. But uh, if edible arrangements made a hat made of fruit, I would wear that like one of those uh, uh, helmets with the two beer things <laughs> on the side and the straw going into mouth. While I'm working, I would just pick off fruit and eat it, and I wouldn't have to worry about uh, making lunch. In the middle of my workday. You would have to worry about inadvertently ingesting hair as you get closer to the end of it. <laughs> you know what? That's the risk I know I'm going into. Wow, you live on the edge. I hate eating <laughs> hair, but you're willing to just uh, walk that fine line of hair. Uh, so Tim basically gives an ultimatum to Jill saying, you have to clean this closet out or I will, uh, I will give it more power. He yeah. says, "He says I can hear my power tools calling to me right now. <laughs> Come on, Tim, plug us in." It was kind of a funny, uh, a funny little moment. Yeah, the voice he did was a lot better than the voice that I did, but it was similar. <laughs> um, and Tim is also wearing the Benford boxer shorts again. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, I wasn't looking that closely at his shorts. I guess <laughs> Benford just all over the place in places that you don't want to think about. Um, yeah, but so Jill is like, "No, no, 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 no more power." To this closet, um, <laughs> it, but it even raised the even for me. I'm like, but how? I want like if I were Jill, I'd be like, no, Tim, do it. How are you going to add more more power to a room? How are you going to add more <laughs> to like an alcove in a room? Oh, he finds ways. I know. I was skeptical too, and he he surprised me. So <laughs> I'm I'm eating my crow right now. Yeah. Uh, and we get a sledgehammer transition out of this scene. Speaking into, of Peter Gabriel, <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, into the theme song. Yes, I. Just and I, I don't. We don't need to comment on the theme song every time. Yeah, I have a few things actually this week too. Okay, I, we do have to comment on the theme song every time. The drums seemed thunderier this time. I don't know if that's that you just <laughs> fucked with your audio settings or something that we haven't. Been, mm, I don't think so. No, just, I didn't. I didn't touch any of it. Well, I mean, to then and to bring it back around then to Phil Collins as well. It sounded like the forcefulness of the drum fill in in the air tonight. It was just just in the background <laughs> of the home improvement theme. Just. <laughs> Do you, th- do you think that Genesis broke up because every time he did one of those drum fills, he's like, hey guys, I just did a drum fill. <laughs> and Peter Gabriel's like, fuck you, get out of the band. 
I don't think so, Landon. <laughs> so here's what I, I have a question for you. The, the backgrounds of the, the theme song, you know, the kind of mixed media thing. Yeah. Really struck me this time as like a public access feeling like it really there's the the when randy's swinging on the the tire swing the background looks like it's you know made a colored pencil or something it really kind of reminded me of like a bob ross-esque uh (laughs) here's how we you know paint or draw this week just gonna make some happy little credits right here (laughs) and then i just do this and it says carmen finestra so do you think that because tim has a cable access show that maybe uh, Jim Prater was, you know, attempting to go for that feeling. I could see that, especially. Or are they just dated? <laughs> I, I don't think it's. I don't think we can attribute that to being dated. I mean, I would imagine that when they were making the opening credits, which were probably made before or at the same time as the pilot was shot, all that Jim Prater had to go on was, "Hey, it's a show about a, you know, clumsy dude with a public access show," and so he probably, yeah, he probably called that into uh, into. Hmm. called that into what i don't know he used that as inspiration <laughs> started from there and went forward gotcha yeah. um here's the other thing i noticed about the the theme song yeah um we we've discussed at length brad staring into our souls each week well it you know but a boy can only look into your soul so many times <laughs> before you have to say something about it well i noticed something while uh putting together last week's episode um our grunt work logo our current one i don't know if we'll ever change it but uh is a picture of you and I yeah. with our heads superimposed over Tim and Al. No, don't tell them that, man. Let them believe the magic. <laughs> we actually dressed up like that. Well, here's the thing. You are looking off into the distance in the photo, and I'm looking straight at the camera. <laughs> and I was wondering if that was some sort of, like, premonition, some sort of, uh, you know, Nostradamus sort of <laughs> prediction. <laughs> I think it. Oh, I think it's. If you, if you want to do a full like art history analysis of it, I think it shows that <laughs> that you're the one who's really you're looking at the viewer and confronting them. You're defiant. You're saying you're saying, look, hey, look at me. I'm the captain of this podcast now, <laughs> and I'm I'm saying probably, hey, look, I think there's a there's a kimchi burrito over there. Let me go eat it. <laughs> it's, That's fair. That's inside bit. This show is powered by me eating kimchi burritos. I need to make that. If I think yeah, at this point, people people know we get to we get some burritos around here. Yeah, <laughs> we get a few burritos around here in Southern California. <laughs> you open you, you open the door to your cellar and you turn on the light and you see burritos go scuttling off into the shadows. <laughs> oh my goodness! Um, anyhow, to kick off this episode, yes. <laughs> after the theme credits, we go into tool time. Yes, um, and, we're, and and we're in the we're. The first shot is from the back of the audience, and all I'm going to say is that there's a dude right at the very back with a fearsome mullet. Very fierce. Worse than than Brad's, actually, who, it, which is getting longer in this uh, season as it goes on. This one was this one was a true, uh, what is it? Is it they call American it American Hero, I think, is uh, the American term? American Hero. A true I, I, American Hero. Uh, Kentucky Waterfall, <laughs> I thought was the name, but either one, either one. Synonymous. Yeah, go on. Uh uh and right away we go into a tim soapbox like i felt like we had kind of veered away from tim using the show uh for like blatant personal attacks or or you know venting but you know because he, he has been more metaphorical with his stuff yeah uh, but he just launches right into my wife has so many belts and you know in tim Taylor fashion lists the the shades of red and you know incorrectly. Yeah, yeah. He said she she had told him in the previous scene that one of them. Oh, this isn't red. This is vermilion. And then he's coming out and saying, yeah, she's even got one that's in vermin. And and 
Al, the master of colors, apparently steps over and says, I think he means vermilion. And Tim says, no, vermin. It was made out of rat hair. <laughs> well, he was able to uh, identify kumquat in the, the previous season. So I, I know. And seafoam, I think, as well. Yeah, during bubble bubble toil and trouble. Can you, do you want to just start a fucking podcast <laughs> about that one episode of Home Improvement? Kind of, yes, I do. Um <laughs> And so, okay, they Tim uses this the soapbox moment about his wife having so much stuff to say that this week we're doing a salute. That was that was tools falling. I, no, well, look, we didn't we didn't know what it was either. We were just as confused hearing the thing on the show as you were hearing us do that. Um, to toolboxes, yeah, <clears throat> salute to toolboxes. And by the way, as the sound effect goes, clunk clunk clunk. Uh, Tim and Al both, like, look to the same point as though the sound effect is visible to them off camera. There's and actually, an actual Foley artist with a bucket <laughs> full of tools just off to the side of the camera. And he, well, yeah, he was trying to make the sound and then he tripped over his own feet. And you know. <laughs> What if they're filming Tool Time, uh, like, without sound the way that, like, Italian, old Italian films did and there's just a live Foley artist there, like, taking each step with Tim and Al. <laughs> And they have, like, dub artists off to the side. Guy holding a couple of coconuts just in case a horse shows up. <laughs> exactly. So uh, then Al kind of starts to chuckle to himself as Tim pulls out his uh, his toolbox. Yeah. And Tim's like, what, 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 Al? What is going on? Why, what's so funny? And Al's like, I couldn't help but notice my toolbox is a little bigger than yours. Because Tim's is, Tim's is like a standard-sized toolbox, yeah. and Al's red metal toolbox is probably a good foot and a half longer. Yeah, it's it's an oversized toolbox, and... His reasoning being, you know, I have to be prepared uh, for any, you know, as your assistant, I have to be prepared for any <laughs> event uh, suited specifically to you. Yeah, and uh, Tim goes, oh, yeah, yeah, you do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Al proceeds to pull out bandages, tourniquet, uh, crutches, an IV stand. Like, uh, yeah, 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 things that, thing, almost as though there is a hole uh, in the bottom <laughs> of this and these items are being fed up through the desk. Yeah, a good old Mary Poppins gag. Uh, a very unexpected, you know, it was an unexpected sight gag that I enjoyed. I enjoyed Al getting one back at Tim and I enjoyed how upset Tim seemed to be by this. Again, mm -hmm. the, the slightest, like, like he gets he gets four or five good shots in at Al's masculinity yeah. just during the thing Al's mother insulting the very nature of Al's heritage and and who he is as a person and then Al has the temerity to suggest that Tim gets hurt a lot and Tim is like stop that stop that Quick, <laughs> cut it out hope you got a new job application in there <laughs> well so what this made me wonder is was this a tool time gag like is this something Al orchestrated or was this a home improvement gag in the way that Mark almost gets sucked into the vacuum in that kind of cartoony world? That we that we periodically live in a cartoon world, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or or that uh, or maybe that that home improvement posits that like the world of home improvement kind of sits astride a world of real life and a world of cartoons, much like right. the famous Disney film Cool World. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. I mean, it it seems that way sometimes because. I don't know how else like you can explain things like these sound effects that happen whenever they do something and match up to whatever their yeah, movie is. Yeah, and uh, we'll get to it in a moment, but I actually feel like there's this... Oh, it's in the next scene, actually, or two scenes from now, where I feel like they added a sound effect. Yeah, yeah, when he pulls out the fat pants. Yeah, and it just goes... Like, yeah. he, like It's just like one of those uh, fast draw noises, and I'm like, where did that come from? It's getting more cartoony as yeah. time goes by. Uh, and the one other thing I want to say before we leave this scene... Yeah. So the transition out, 
It's a frog jumps out of Al's toolbox and into the screen, but this frog has <laughs> a red cross on it, like 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 a medical frog, like a doctor frog. Like a St. Bernard with one of those barrels around its neck? Now that's a cool idea. Uh, like like St. Bernard's except frogs with the cask of ale. Oh, yeah. Uh, or brandy, yeah. Uh, or they would, they would just carry it in one of their big, bulbous pouches. What do we call those things? I, no, no, but the, yeah, it. the frog neck yeah. thing. Yeah, but then that means that it would just basically, when it gets to you with the brandy, it just has to like regurgitate the brandy wow. into your mouth. <laughs> you think that's why they used St. Bernard's instead of massive frogs in, in the Alps? <laughs> Because people would be like, I need the brandy, but that's too gross. Go away, giant frog. Um, but we don't want it to be completely clean. We do have to get the most slobbery dog in order to deliver the beer. So we go to the backyard. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, where we begin the Brad subplot. Yes. Uh, Brad and Randy are coming home from school. Brad's bummed out that he's got this note that he has to have uh, Tim and Jill sign. We find out that he punched a kid in the face. Uh, Brad to the bone. <laughs> uh, but Randy, this might come to us as a surprise to you. Right. Maybe, really, Just, it might. Really, I, I, I'm ready for this. Prepare. Believe it or not, yes, Randy has a plan. What? <laughs> Randy has a plan. D. Randy has a plan. D. His <laughs> his uh, his plan is D. <laughs> his scheme <laughs> is to tape uh, his field uh, field trip uh, permission, permission slip. slip. To the top of, which I still don't understand the, the logic behind this, but tape it to the top of this uh, acknowledgement uh, that, it, you know, Brad has to have signed. Um, the, so the that, thing saying, Brad punched yeah. the kid, signed to show that you know this. And his, he wants to tape it together uh, so that, you know, they'll, and then slide it to them when they're not paying attention so that they'll just sign it willy-nilly without questions and mm. Brad's off the hook. Um I don't, maybe you can explain to me the logic. Like, it's not carbon paper. So how is a signature on the top of a opaque piece of paper going to make its way through to the bottom of the 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 detention slip or whatever it is? Well, either they gave him a super wet Sharpie to sign with so it would bleed <laughs> through. bleed through. Here's what I imagine that they did is that they taped the permission form to the top of the acknowledgement form, but then they left the signature bit at the bottom, like they folded that bit on the permit, the signature bit on the permission form underneath and then taped the permission form, which is now slightly shorter on top of the acknowledgement so that the, so that when you're signing, it looks like it's part of the same paper, but you're actually signing the acknowledgement. That thought occurred to me, but I'm going to call, I mean, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to call him out. Randy, that's bullshit. Oh, okay. We don't run up. We can't make another enemy on this show. We've already got the Manhattan Transfer gunning force. You can't have have you know Randy portrait of a serial killer coming after us too. Well, I'm I'm calling I'm calling him out because there's not an adult in the world that would fall for that. That a uh, have you met his dad? <laughs> have you met his dad? Fair. Okay. okay. You know what? Uh, maybe I'm eating my words a little bit, but still, generally. You can't just extend the length of a paper and assume that no one's going to notice with tape on the side. I just think it's a very—I I think he's getting sloppy is all. You know, okay, I think— Or maybe, oh, maybe, maybe I got it now. You figured okay, it out. I figured it out. Yeah. He wants Brad to get in trouble. It's the long con. <laughs> it's the American hustle. It's Ocean's because Eleven. as we've discovered this the season, sting. Brad is a little on the— dimmer side uh not my judgment but as the the writers have established it seems like an objective fact at this point yes <laughs> uh 
Yeah, so Randy would know that Brad wouldn't question it and think it's a brilliant idea. Hmm. So this is so yeah i i agree completely because the boys we first meet him they're walking through the backyard brad is all bummed out that he's going to get in trouble when his parents see this form randy's saying i've got an idea i know how to help you uh all you got to do is give me your autographed sports person football <laughs> barry sanders Bar- barry sanders oh yeah. okay I, I loved the barry sanders show on hbo it was so <laughs> ahead of its time uh he needs the autograph you know he's like hey, give me your autographed barry sanders football and brad you know, Brad says, how about I just promise not to beat you up instead? And Randy goes, yeah, that's cool, and goes along with it. And yeah. I see this, I'm like, that's not the Randy I know. Right. Randy wouldn't let someone step to him like that and let him get away with it. But sure enough, then he hatches this plan that's basically entrapment. That makes sense. This is all starting to, to come together now. So Randy certainly would have known that Brad's first response would be brawn over brain, yeah. that he would want to pound him to a pulp therefore quickly agrees to it knowing that brad would never question that yeah okay so randy is the grand manipulator here yes i I think you know he's the puppet master still and i don't see what he has to gain maybe status maybe whatever maybe it's just practice maybe it's just in his nature to to do this you know uh master wayne some met some men just want to watch the world burn. Uh, my cocaine isn't going to tell you that, but uh, some men want to watch the world burn, and Randy is one of them. So as they're dealing with that, uh, this is when Jill comes home, and Tim is ready to just take this closet down. He walks yeah. in from the garage with the sledgehammer in his hand. He's ready to go upstairs and just start swinging. Because she, she hasn't cleaned out by the deadline. Yeah, so. exactly. And he's already picked out a whole closet for her from a catalog uh, called The Furniture Barn. Oh, that was the furniture barn. I I would so give them my business over Ikea if I could. (laughs) Anywhere with barn in the name. Uh, But it seems a little weird to me that they are offering entire closets. Uh, Yeah, I don't know how... It might might just be like organizational arrangements or something. insert thing that you Mm -hmm. like build inside your closet. Yeah. It's still... It's very... Again, this this is kind of the weirdest thing to see Tim nerding out over an organizational supplement in a furniture catalog, <laughs> right. which is definitely the sort of thing that I could see like a gay interior designer doing, as opposed to Tim, who is mainly all about chroming things out and right. Well, I mean, he stuff. he does pick the like the sawdust version of it. You yeah, know? the matte black, whatever. Yeah, uh, and she's like, no, 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 I want this one, um, which is, you know, the scented hanger, uh, frou-frou version. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a true battle of the sexes. <laughs> just just like most episodes of this, that <laughs> battle that never ends. Um, so they, they are quickly getting a tizzy together and you know tim's like rushing upstairs with the sledgehammer and jill's running after him and brad and randy are still downstairs yeah and brad's like oh i can't do it now they're fighting and brad uh, randy's like this is the perfect time they're going to be distracted and you won't how do you think i got my allowance raised and i have a question about that yeah one go for statement it. which is does randy have a contract for his allowance, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Is it like is there, is there a is there a performance review as a child? Like you come in and sit down, and it's like, well, Randy, you've been playing outside a lot more this year. We've decided to uh, raise you to twenty five, uh, well, raise you twenty five cents a year. And it's like, oh, but Dad, I really need more. I'm trying to buy a new house. Well, I'm sorry, we've got to, you know, we've got to keep the, uh, we've got to try and stay profitable this year. <laughs> he might be like, you know, I may have tried to steal from charity but have you seen brad got brought home by the cops so what i'm doing might be bad but what they're doing is worse so in comparison i think uh if you're gonna raise allowance which you have to do anyway why not be me 
this uh so we this isn't even a transition it's kind of a continuation of the scene but we go into the bedroom upstairs where tim and jill are still kind of like rushing after each other and tim this is where tim starts to uh prove to jill you know like pull out nitpick her stuff like oh you you started to clean out oh this box here and he like mm. screams into it like hello yeah yeah she's done basically nothing. yeah and he pulls out a pair of uh, uh leggings and a shoe yes um and then he starts walking around the the room saying oh you're gonna hold on to these uh you know fat pants which you know, yeah as soon as he picks them up and then a like a very tight negligee that she can't fit into anymore and it's just really a ballsy move for tim to be like like well he holds it up and he's like what about this, this tiny negligee and mm-hmm. it's like what is this is this from the i have a dream collection or something and it's like you want to get laid all the time and you're you're seriously going to walk through the minefield of your wife isn't as thin as she used to be before <laughs> she had kids. Yeah, right? I, I mean, especially displaying the lingerie. Like, you know, if anything, that would be incentive to be like, oh, hold on to this because yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah. Tim working against his own interests. His, his desire for a bigger closet outstrips his desire to have his wife have sexy underwear. <laughs> And he's and he said himself, Jill loves lingerie in that episode where they back a truck into Pink's house. Jill's, so, Jill's birthday. Jill's birthday. <laughs> we only I know talk- it's a very hard title to remember. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it we oh, like we only talk about three episodes of this show? <laughs> it's the one with it's it's uh, offsides. It's double double boil in trouble. Bubble bubble toil in trouble. <laughs> You say it all the time, and I can't even remember it. And what are the names of the boys who play the the, the, the children on this show? Mark Chapman. Nope. Mark Chapman? I think, I'm pretty sure that's an, that's the guy who shot John Lennon. Exactly. Uh, oh. <laughs> Lee Harvey Oswald. Um, okay, Randy is Lee Harvey Oswald. Wait a minute. Most assassins have three names. All three boys have three names. I th- yeah, hmm. I think I think this has been. Are you saying they're all assassins though? I don't know. Maybe uh, we won't get into that. I mean, Brad, if he were any assassin, he would be like very much like a squeaky from like not really, not really thinking <laughs> yeah. it through all the yeah, way. Not right. successful. Oh, the gun wasn't loaded. <laughs> but he would protest in, in court. Yeah, you, oh, exactly. During Randy's trial. Yeah, and carve a swastika <laughs> into his forehead as a show of solidarity. <laughs> So anyway, so they are they're fighting about the clothes and they're they're you know, it's a good natured, playful fight, but eventually this ends with uh Tim tickling Jill on the bed, and Brad and Randy come in, perfect timing, and Brad goes over and says, Hey guys, I need you to sign this permission form for my uh for my field trip at school. And this 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 surprised me. I did not see this coming. Tim Tim is like, oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And then Jill says, wait, 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 hang on. Why are there two pieces of paper taped together here? Why is the why is the paper this thick? What is this? Did you just tape another? Like, she sees through it yeah. instantly. Yeah. Instantly. Which, yeah, it really seems like... Uh... And then Randy chimes in with a, Brad, I'm ashamed trying to trick our parents like that. I guess I, I'm the idiot here. I should have seen through this with this uh, reaction that he has here. I... I should have I should have seen through it as well. Yeah, who could tell? <laughs> and then Tim's like, "Are you in on this?" And he's like, "Of course not, Father." <laughs> uh, so they they send him out, and they they sit down and they talk to Brad. Uh, and I find whenever we get a rebellious Brad episode where yeah. where Brad is getting in trouble and Brad kind of mouths off to them, I always find myself realizing just truly how how much I'm not like how glad I am to not have kids because Brad <laughs> Brad just pisses me off. It's like. Tim says, well, you know, Tim says, oh, you punched a kid? Well, you know you're grounded, three days at least. 
And Brad goes, that's not fair. And I'm like, Brad, dude, I get like, I understand you think that you were justified in punching this kid, (laughs) but how do you not, like, how is it not fair for your parents to ground you when you literally broke the rules? How do you not get this? Uh, yeah, teenage rebellion, man. Logic goes out the window. Everything revolves around you. I, I certainly would not ever want to have a teenager. I, d- yeah. I mean, I just, I didn't have a teenage rebellion. I just, my parents and I just all watched Coen Brothers movies and stuff <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, we can't all be that lucky. I, I certainly was a little scalawag myself. Well, I heard about you in those, in those uh, mailboxes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Putting uh, bombs in them. <laughs> So I kind of relate to Brad uh, going through these changes. You know, it's it's a, it's a rough time, and not everyone goes through it so gracefully. And That's true. I actually think he he's quick to learn a lot of this stuff. I mean, he might be repeating a lot of the same mistakes over the season, but, you know, he, for how much other teenagers hold on to resentment and, like, really just dwell in it, mm-hmm. uh, he does seem to have a good head on his shoulders, and, like, by the end of this episode... <laughs> You know, he seems to be, like, on the right track. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say... It's almost as if we're watching a sitcom. It's almost as if they really needed to solve this problem quickly. <laughs> uh, well, what, And what Brad says is he tells Tim, it's your fault that I punched him because this kid had started making fun of Brad after seeing Tim hug Brad while dropping him off for school. And so what, what Brad is saying, what we come out of this situation with, is Brad doesn't want Tim hugging him anymore because that gets him uh, that gets him in trouble. Well, it doesn't get him in trouble at school, but it gets him mockery at school. Yeah, right. Which is, yeah, that's... I, I think that's something everyone goes through. Yeah. At a certain point, you pull away from the parents a bit. and um, I This is something where I would have liked to have seen this as an episode on its own because I yeah. feel like... There's an interesting story to be told from Tim and Jill's perspective that yeah. doesn't go too deep in this episode. This th- this sort of thing is home improvement. Is like trying to adjust to your kid getting older. How much affection do we show? Yeah, are you know a boy becoming a man? Yeah, that's the sort of stuff. It, it, well, that's the that's the whole thing. It's on a show about men teaching men to be men. Brad's. Uh, path into manhood is something that would be worthy of a... I mean, it gets touched on a lot, certainly, but I'd like to see that get a whole episode here, because this issue, I think, is interesting. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, So, and he, you know, he's rightly, or not rightly, but he is kind of sensitive about it, even after the grounding, um, Mm -hmm. because we go uh, to the backyard, uh, unless you had a comment on the transition here. Well, it's a closing door it's transition. Door, yeah, it's, just it's pretty quick and, and nonchalant. Yeah, hey, you know, you know what? Uh, what else had a closing door transition in it? Hmm. The Godfather. Oh, hey, there you go. Best picture. So that transition <laughs> can't be that bad. Uh, is this uh, episode a Emmy winner? I don't know. Um, <clears throat> but uh, Brad and Randy are tag teaming Mark. Surprise, surprise! In the background, wrestling tag team yeah, wrestling. Mark. Tag team wrestling, Mark. Uh, and, uh, and they're, you know, pick on someone vastly smaller than your size. <laughs> yeah. It's the, right. the Taylor credo. Uh, Tim comes out and tag, you know, he, he tags Mark, you know, to start taking on Randy and, and Brad. And uh, Randy attacks from behind like the the little sociopath that he is. Yeah. <laughs> Any opportunity he can to get an advantage over his opponent. Um, and then he, <laughs> he starts uh, tackling uh, Brad as well and... Tim is, tries to make fun of the situation, or make light of the situation. I shouldn't say make fun of it, but he was like, oh, 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 Brad. You know, they're like locking yeah. in arms. He's like, oh, I think we're hugging now. And Brad just kind of like pushes away and tells him to shove off. 
Yeah. Yeah. Not, and not so many strong words. Shove but. off, bro. <laughs> Quit being such a dork is what he says, actually. <laughs> Shucks, dad. Uh, I, the, the one thing that I, I, and that I noticed watching this, this jumped out to me. I never wrestled as a kid, mm-hmm. like playful wrestling. Maybe this is just not having siblings, but like my father and I certainly never wrestled. This wasn't a deal. <laughs> I, I know that you had a number of stuffed uh, uh, wrestling uh, uh, Re- friends. Wrestling buddies, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, so you wrestled with them. Did you wrestle with uh, real people too? Or I'm not, I, this sounds patronizing, but I'm actually <laughs> no, just trying well, to get a handle on it. Uh, I did have some friends that had wrestling buddies. So they would come over and then we would just have like a big battle royale uh, in our living room. Um, or basement, I should say. So, so you mean you and your friend would wrestle, and all of the wrestling buddies would just watch as a silent, <laughs> unblinking audience. Exactly. <laughs> um, no, uh, but no, I didn't get to like physical with friends. No, I d- didn't really have that relationship. Um, my dad was a wrestler. For, oh, uh, for what? Not a like, professional wrestler. Oh, like a <laughs> high school Roman wrestler. I mean, and that's. I mean, that's cool too. Just not <laughs> as cool as the thing I briefly thought it was it was like that would explain all of your wrestling gear now it's a family affair <laughs> um the only other thing i have about this scene well for one thing the we find out what brad was called because randy you know after brad storms off he goes brad's being such a diaper baby mm, yeah which is what yeah. the kid at school called him yeah uh tim tells him you know oh, hey don't call him that um but mark is dressed like uh, he bought his stuff straight out of an L.L. Bean catalog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, they may have been a sponsor this year. Who knows? I mean, I, th- I feel like the costuming for both Brad and Randy are pretty good. You know, they, mm. they feel like kids in the styles that we're wearing. Randy, or I mean, Mark is just like, he's in a completely different world. He he looks like an old man in a child's body. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. He is, maybe he's Benjamin Button. I don't know. I, well, I mean, it would make sense. That's why he's kind of you know they're able to put so much over on him because he's kind of kind of <laughs> gone soft in his old age. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the kids go inside, and then Tim winds up talking to uh, Wilson yes. out back. Wilson, who is uh, tending his tulips. Yes, which he's been growing indoors yeah. under a grow he lamp. Is... <laughs> Air quotes around that. Yes, <laughs> along uh, with other things. <laughs> Uh, what do you have for for Wilson's what, hand here? You know, what, what do you have for that? That sounds like that sounds like what you say at the when you pass the collection plate of the Church of Wilson. <laughs> what do you have for Wilson's hand? I just it was all I wanted. So he and he and Wilson are talking, and Wilson is explaining about you know, Tim is asking about you know wow why is Brad so uh, so upset about hugging now and. Wilson is talking about now, you know, as boys get older and and it gets harder for them, and a lot of the ways that men show uh, that that men show affection for one another are conflict oriented. How salutes have a you know, as knights would raise their right. the the visor on their helmet, and how a handshake means that you're showing you don't have a that show that you're unarmed. Mm-hmm. But when he says handshake, he just sticks his hand through a previously unseen hole in the fence. So what it just looks like to me. And also the the hole is surprisingly low, like it's lower than you'd expect. Well, and we get a shot of the fence where he put his hand through uh, at the end of the scene, and there is no hole in the fence. So it just it just just no clips through there, basically. Yeah. Which I wonder now, in terms of the God theory, if Tim knows that Wilson's God. Well, yeah, because because Tim even seems confused by it afterwards. He takes his hand back out, and Tim looks at the spot that it came through. <laughs> For me, even without that, it was just 
so unsettling to me to suddenly just see this hand appear so low down <laughs> yeah. from the other side of the thing. Almost crotch level. I, you know, it's really, it's a lot like a Mormon glory hole. It's kind of <laughs> a place where men go to, uh, you know, ex- anonymously exchange a firm handshake with another man and, and just, you know, leave, leave discreetly with a smile on your face. Oh, uh, yeah, it was very disorienting. Um, that's, yeah, yeah, I don't really have too much on that outside of it like he he tim goes thanks wilson and then wilson does the like the little okay symbol which was somehow creepier yeah it's just like you're already thinking of it in terms of kind of a glory hole or some sort of weird uh, hole yeah <laughs> weird hole and then he does the like whole symbol with his hand it was it was just very weird yeah um I didn't write the transition down for this one. Oh, the transition was a one of the things Tim talks about is whipping guys with towels in the locker room. Oh, right. So yeah. it's a towel whip transition. Yeah. Um, you know, from there we go to the set of tool time. K and B construction guys are back. Woohoo! Woo! To show how to put stucco on a wall. Yeah. Well, I, which doesn't seem like a job that they would need to bring in a construction crew for. Sp- or and it's not even a reason to bring in a construction crew most famous for doing things other than construction. <laughs> right. I, they don't play a song, although a weird theme song like a, a, like the the radio edit of Ratchet Rhapsody <laughs> plays as they run out onto the thing. Um so Tim starts talking to the K&B guys. He just he lets the stucco go by the the wayside and just starts talking to them about what Wilson has told him but completely you know, he's asking them about hugging and saying like yeah, hey, you this guys seems is very problematic for me. Yeah, yeah, he said how do you hug on the job site and and he's Tim is Tim is trying to talk about how how men are afraid to hug because men are used to combative gestures, and he's saying, "Yeah, you know, the knights they were these middle aged guys who'd stick their hands out to show that they didn't have any arms," and <laughs> yeah. he confuses the K and B people, and just makes me think, I maybe Tim has a learning disability, maybe he has dyslexia or some something. sort of mental dyslexia, because he can never keep straight any yeah. of the words that Wilson says to him. <laughs> um yeah it's true and but so what this kind of uh, spirals into is like tim wants to show that hugging is a you know an okay sign a hug between two men can show appreciation yeah and the kmb construction guys and al even are just like yeah men shouldn't hug yeah and it's a very stance for me yeah and what even one of the guys says i don't even hug my wife and, and then when the other guy says, because you can't get your arms around her, yeah. which is part of a pattern I've noticed in a lot of sitcoms of making jokes to a dude's face about his wife's weight, which is just, what, what, in what realistic setting is that ever okay? I don't <laughs> expect this to be, you know, the wire and a complete representation of life or something, but <laughs> right. come on, really? Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, it's just such a lazy joke. Um, you know who's missing from this corner? Uh, from this episode, I would imagine uh, Fraser. Yeah, Fraser is missing from this episode and every episode. But also maybe Pamela Anderson. Pamela Anderson. Uh, we are getting down to the wire, and just you know, there, there's maybe she's lost in the wilderness. Maybe <laughs> I don't know what what could have possibly happened to explain her absence. I mean, maybe uh, maybe she almost drowned at the beach and has been in the hospital. And in her time recuperating, she's been realizing she needs to conquer her fear of the ocean. <laughs> uh, perhaps I don't know. She's investigating. Uh, kidnapping or something as a sexy bodyguard for a bodyguard agency that i'm pretty sure was called vip yes um 
and I forgot. I think those are the two TV shows that she was on besides this one. So I have no more jokes because <laughs> we already talked about barbed wire. Oh, um, well, let's let's go into a Pam's corner. Okay. Um, so I thought this week uh, there actually Pamela Anderson was briefly in the news uh, fighting against Pierce Morgan, who kind of diminished her to just a body type. Uh, Sounds like a Pierce Morgan yeah, kind of thing to do. Um, yeah. So I thought you know. To offset that, we should talk maybe a little bit about some of the good things she does. Yes, absolutely. Let's do we, that. we have talked in the past about her advocacy for cannabis for medical use, uh, i.e., the AIDS and whatever. Yeah. Um, and for animals. And for animals. So she she's a big uh, PETA supporter, anti fur. Um, she's a vegan. Uh, I'm I'm wasting a lot of Pam's corner fodder here. Actually, oh, <laughs> just yeah. throwing all these trivia facts out here. Um, but I have one here about Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Okay. So, uh, it, she campaigned against Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, in 2001, Anderson released a letter in support of PETA's campaign against Kentucky Fried Chicken stating that what if uh, what KFC does to 750 million chickens each year is not civilized or acceptable. Uh, she has later made a video about KFC's treatment of chickens. In January of 2006, Anderson requested that the governor of Kentucky remove a bust of Colonel Sanders... Uh, which is the founder of KFC? Um, from... I know, I know who founded KFC, Landon. <laughs> don't don't mansplain KFC to me. <laughs> um, I wasn't mansplaining to you. I was mansplaining to our listeners. Oh, of course, of course. Some of them might be women. They need to be mansplained to. Yes. Um, so uh, she wanted to get this bust of Colonel Sanders removed from KFC, but uh, her request was refused, even after she offered uh, her own bust in exchange. <laughs> Wait, it's like, so do you mean, she, t- yeah, there, yeah, there's a lot of things to take. So like a bust of her or she offered her, uh, I mean, her uh, uh, bosoms in exchange. It's for a doing bust it. of her bust. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm sure that would go over really well in, in a Bible Belt state like Kentucky. Like, hey, take away take away this uh, bust of someone who's famous in our state's history and replace it with a uh, brass replica of boobs. <laughs> I would be 100% behind that. All the way. Thanks, Pierce Morgan. <laughs> not her, just boobs in general. Oh, okay, boobs in general. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm not trying to elevate hers above just anyone else's. A nice pair of disembodied boobs. <laughs> it's, it's like that, it's the nega ass of the, the top of the torso. Man, I'm sorry, we really were trying to talk. I mean, okay. I, I have one more, I can bring us back. Okay, well, also let me say... I appreciate Pamela Anderson for the savvy marketing there and offering mm. her own thing in exchange because it's like, obviously they're not going to do this. She yeah. knew going in this wouldn't happen, but she was trying to raise awareness and get the message yeah. out. And I think that was a very uh, savvy piece of public relations. Yeah. And in February 2006, Anderson decided to boycott the Kentucky Derby because of its support of Kentucky Fried Chicken. So she she has used her uh, power, you know, and I got to say, as a vegetarian and animal lover myself, um, I really respond to this. I think, sure, you know, I think she does uh, good, good work, good jobs. I, I th- <laughs> good jobs with Pamela Anderson, <laughs> sequel to Dirty Jobs, starring Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> I think, it, wasn't she in a movie called Dirty Jobs? She was in a movie called Dirty Love. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that is the the movie in which a guy not only vomits on her cleavage, but she also has her period in the middle of a store when she doesn't have enough money to buy tampons. Doing real well, Jenny McCarthy. Classy, classy stuff. This has been Jenny's Corner, <laughs> which is like the the crappier version of Pam's Corner. It's on the other side of the tracks. 
also, also, this episode of Pam's Corner brought to you by Popeyes. <laughs> um, so that's been Pam's Corner uh, for this week. Thump. There you go. But, God, my we, bank teller just got my uh, deposit. Yeah, we got back in the pneumatic tube that takes us back to the regular episode. You really shouldn't have let me modify Pam's corner, man. My power tools were calling to me. and uh, I just couldn't meet the ultimatum you gave me. To, um, to clear out all your Pamela Anderson. There's yeah. too much Pamela Anderson in this corner. There's never enough Pamela Anderson. That Well, so there's certainly not enough Pamela Anderson on this show. That is for sure. Um, so let's go back to Home Improvement. Yeah. We only have a few more scenes yeah, here we're, to go we're through. basically to the end. Um... So that, but that takes us to the kitchen uh, later in the evening, and Brad has just got home from school. Tim's just getting home from work, and they have a little exchange. Um, Tim saying, "You know, I was thinking of you at work today." And I think Tim handles this really. I mean, I would have appreciated yeah. this as a kid. Yeah, you know, being treated like an adult and being felt like my needs, you know, were being heard and understood. Um, saying like, "I understand that you're going through this thing, and you know, uh, but it's not okay to hit people." You know, yeah. if you're not, <laughs> uh, that's not how you deal with stuff. I need you to use your brain, you know? Yeah. And t- uh, Brad actually has, he shows a bit of Tim uh, aptitude here mm-hmm. because Tim- he's saying, so you want me to use other parts of my brain besides my fists? <laughs> like he takes what Tim is saying and misinterprets it the way that Tim misinterprets everything Wilson says. So so Wilson to Tim like so Wilson is to Tim as Tim is to Brad. <laughs> yes. As Brad is to Mark. <laughs> Poor Mark. <laughs> He's at the bottom of the totem pole of this show. Um but they so what they ended up doing is uh they have a like he goes, "Okay, why don't we, you know, create a code. I won't say I love you. I'll say how about them lions?" Yeah. And they, they, you know, that's going to represent me saying I love you. And that yeah. way no one will know and, you know, we'll still be able to show our appreciation for one another. And and, and Brad is like, okay, well, just don't say it in a weird way. And and Tim goes, oh, you mean, how about those lions? <laughs> I, but I, re- I really enjoyed this scene. I thought this was a very well-written and yeah. sweet bit that stayed very true to all the characters, mm-hmm. I think. Tim Allen acts it well. I, mean, I think, I'm, yeah, I'm Zachary fan, Ty Bryan yeah. acts it very well, too. Yeah, I, I mean, this... And this is why I wish the whole episode had been about this stuff, so yeah. the episode could have ended with this very sweet moment and earned it even more and given it even more power. This yeah. notion of, you know, I understand that you don't want me to show affection for you in front of your friends anymore. That's tough for me, but I'll do it, but let's develop a new language so that, you know, you can, you're still my boy and I still love you, but we'll, we'll change our relationship while keeping what it's really about. And I like that. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And, uh, I hope we get to see a little bit more of that. Um, I mean, I guess we have two other boys we have to go through this with. There's a, there's so much puberty ahead of us. There is a vast ocean of puberty. We we are going to eat our words at a certain point. And we'll wrap them up in a kimchi burrito. (laughs) Um, at this point, uh, Jill comes home. Yes. And, uh, Tim is, Tim goes, as soon as Jill walks in, he sends Brad upstairs. He's like, go yeah. shut the, the closet doors. I don't want her to see. I want it to be a big surprise. Yeah. Uh, cause he has finished this closet. Yes. And, uh. And what, what does a closet look like when it's had more power added to it? Well. <laughs> uh, Jill goes upstairs and he, he brings out a remote control. A, a, a huge bulky like metal cast iron or something remote control with a bunch of like huge buttons and levers and like an antenna on it. <laughs> it's like the sort of thing that would be built in the fifties to go in a nuclear silo. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 he could not have found 
Like, this is yeah, the he 90s. needs two keys to turn at yeah. the same time. <laughs> you, you have to you have to scan your thumbprint to make sure you're actually the president. Yeah. Oh, uh, so he opens the doors and well, it, he pushes the button. He, the... Yeah, he pushes the button. The doors open to this magical, uh, like harp noise or the, what do you call those bells that you ring? Yeah, I, yeah it chimes. Chimes. Or, that's yeah, what. Yeah. yeah. The, it's, bells, it's, the it's, bells that you ring. It's like the door to Pam's corner. It just opens automatically. <laughs> it's been blinged out. Yeah. Uh, and then it has now become a walk-in closet. Um, and I have some spatial questions about what's going on because certainly the length of this closet is intruding on that new bathroom that they did last season. Yeah. 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 And also. It just doesn't look good. It looks really bad. It's like yeah. a pink interior, but some of the drawers have like black and white checker patterns on them. Yeah, his stuff. So, oh god, I took issue with this too. Is uh, he he split the the closet into two. Her stuff and his stuff. Uh, there's the big where all the clothes are hanging. All the shirts are on the upper part, uh, and then the the pants are hanging from a lower part. Mm. Um, he gave her pink hangers while he opted for the matte black hangers and it's like it falls very much into the girl stuff is pink guy stuff is cool yeah yeah uh, to the point that whenever he whenever she hangs any of her pink stuff on any of his matte black stuff alarms go off and klaxons blare and a recording of <laughs> yeah. tim tim goes remove it from the well a recording of tim says something i don't remember what exactly <laughs> he said yeah uh so that's that's one thing another thing is um he has created a drawer that you know, has her scars and stuff in it that has potpourri scented lining. Uh, he has a very convoluted shoe system that rotate. He pushes a button, and on two separate uh, uh, lazy Susans lazy that are like Su- embedded in the thing and motors, yeah, just conveyor things, conveyor wheels. I'm gonna just call them those. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that rotate kind of side by side. One shoe of a pair is on one side, another shoe of the pair is on the other side, and they kind of rotate together and then out. And, and the whole time, it's, as as it does this, it's just going... Yeah, and Tim, for someone who hates opera and arts and theater, why would you do that to yourself every time you have to get a pair of shoes out of your closet? Furthermore, why, and, and Tim, Tim is dancing to this music as it plays for yeah. his mugging. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so... I don't know. This is one of my least favorite Tim renovations. <laughs> on the one hand, I'm glad that he tried to make the closet more efficient and better organized. On the other hand, he didn't do that. Uh, it just, it's just, he put a lot of recordings and automation yeah. into a thing that doesn't need it. Yeah, exactly. It's not like the dryer uh, that he did, or the washing machine that he did a few episodes ago, where it's actually a helpful improvement. This is just adding more power. Well, I guess it is staying true to Tim in a way. It's adding more power that is unnecessary. Yeah. Um, making his life more complicated. Um, all these bells and alarms and stuff seems like it would be the most annoying. Like, there better be an off switch. Like, give me a uh, yeah. give me a toggle to turn off the alarm. Like, when she opens up the drawers, it goes, uh, you know. Drawer is a jar. The drawer is a jar. The drawer is a jar. And, you know, I thought a drawer was a drawer, not a jar. I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> As a, come on, don't get into my territory, dude. Don't do the dumb joke. You, <laughs> Paul Simon, go go get the fucking bongo drums. I'll lip sync the lyrics, All please. Right. Thank I'll you go very much. Do another platinum album. Um, <laughs> that that was always why he would get pissed at something. He's like, I'll just go make another platinum album, then I'll show you. Oh, uh, next episode will be my Graceland. So, <laughs> um. 
this is this is the big unveiling. I feel like this is the whole reason this episode was constructed so yeah. that they could do construct this, thing. this. Yeah. Um, we come back after this to uh, Jill bursts in the room. This is a later scene after the mm. credits, uh, wearing bell bottoms and a nineteen seventies frilly top. Yeah, which they had to have picked the name of this episode purely just off this one little offshoot. They had they had five minutes to get the the <laughs> name to TV Guide and yeah, exactly. the tape. Uh, and she just kind of bursts in wearing it and they make some jokes about how the clothes don't look good and they're from the 70s and then she starts dancing yeah but i gotta be i it felt good to watch jill be able to just cut loose for a little bit there's no like underpinnings of you know uh i've been working too hard uh you know the family mm -hmm. stuff is too much it's just like jill having fun yeah i as kind of tacky as it was i still found that to be kind of fun I, I enjoyed, yeah, I enjoyed seeing her, uh, like, the outfit, A, seeing her in this weird 70s outfit was cool. It makes me think of a world in which Patricia Richardson was in Boogie Nights or something. <laughs> and then also, yeah, you know, she just, she has fun with it. She commits fully. Yeah. And it looks like, based on the bloops that they show at the end, that she and Tim Allen were having fun on set as yeah. they were doing it. Yeah, because Tim actually looks like he's uh, uh, cracking a bit oh, yeah. watching her do this. And the outtakes, it's a little weird. Um she, so it's it's the same scene, and mm-hmm. Tim starts to laugh and crack up, and uh, he, as she turns her back, he pulls a camcorder out uh, from underneath the pillow and starts filming her without her knowing, and then she turns around and is, like, embarrassed. But, like, she's already on national television camera. What's to get embarrassed about? Yeah, I, I don't know what that is. The weirdest thing for me about that, he pulls out the camcorder, and she starts going into the closet, and then she sees him, and she runs into the closet, and then we cut to the kitchen yeah. set and she comes running out of the doorway that supposedly leads to a bathroom and it i suddenly like it, this house is confusing enough but then when you actually pull back the curtain and show me that their bedroom is next to their kitchen and <laughs> yeah. and you can walk between them that quickly it really it really hurt my brain yeah uh and i remember i don't think we brought this up but there was a scene um in one of season one's episodes where uh, it's on the set of Tool Time, and they do some sort of sweeping, um, you know, dolly shot, uh, crane shot coming mm-hmm. into the scene that yeah. they do. And in the background, you can see the stairs from the Taylor household oh my God. going up. Um, so, yeah, though, I feel like a keen-eyed observer, should there be any out there uh, that have a podcast, <laughs> would be able to, like, construct what this uh, set looked like Um you know, given enough time and episodes. We need to get a police sketch artist in here and kind of describe <laughs> what we've seen to them and, and have them have them uh, draw it out. Yeah. Um, let me ask you one uh, very important question yes. about this episode. Yes. If you had to assign a number to the number of grunts, <laughs> what would it be? Thank you, Purd Happily. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have assigned a number to the number of grunts, and that number is 13. Ooh. Uh, unlucky episode. It, true, true. Or lucky in some cultures. Yeah, I, I guess so. Well, they wouldn't... Uh, and, and, uh, and a number that is not assigned a floor in lots of hotels. Hey, it's a golden episode. Oh, episode 13 and 13 grunts. Yeah, there you go. We all get free chalupas. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know who's paying for them, but I yeah, think that's right. how it works. Uh, they fall from the ceiling. <laughs> I just got to push the button on my remote control. Well, we have to catch them. I don't want my chalupa to get so all fucked up. Open your mouth. <laughs> catch them in your mouth as they fall. <laughs> Can that be the new tagline for the show? Um... <laughs> The grunts here are a lot of small grunts. It's yeah. a lot of... Oh, 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 yeah. 
Or almost conversational. Uh, he gives, yeah. It seems like this is another episode where they evolve a little bit, because mm-hmm. he has a few... They aren't grunts, but they're noises yeah. that are... They're unts. Wait, no, no. <laughs> we're not going to mess with that sound. That can get us into bad territory. <laughs> they're... they're I, I don't know what they are. Go on, please. <laughs> That's all, No, I mean, so what... Have you learned anything else about these grunts, or have you started to notice anything? What I'm learning just overall with this show is that every time we think some sort of trend is developing or they're moving away from something, <laughs> they just turn right back. Like, yeah. I think we said earlier in the season, like, yeah, there's not as many plot light episodes this season, and now we've had a bunch of them in a row. And it's like, oh, I yeah. think, oh, I, you know, I think he's toning this down. Oh, no, he's toning it up. Oh, there's fewer transitions. No, there's more transitions. <laughs> I, I, I can't garner anything. What I would say in this episode is that there's just fewer aggressive grunts than than you would typically see. Then there's none that start with him going, Arr! it's all just, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that, all right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, do you have anything else? I have nothing else except that I still haven't forgiven the Manhattan Transfer or Rockapella. <laughs> Goddamn Rockapella. I hope that this part of the episode, I hope that, the, I mean, I see it recording right now. I hope <laughs> that our listeners can hear it. Um, the show notes for this episode will be posted on our website, which is www.gruntworkpodcast.com. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please, uh, you know what? You can share it if you want to. But also, uh, we're looking for some iTunes uh, ratings and reviews. So those would be really helpful. Yeah, to if us. you have any uh, inclination to do that, uh, that really really helps us. Um, plus, every time you rate us, we'll hold you tightly, stare deeply into your eyes, and whisper, "How about those lions?" <laughs> uh, on our website, you can also... I threw you off a bit. Didn't you, you did a you're little blush- bit. You're sweating and you're blushing. <laughs> I'm blushing. Uh, on our website, you can also sign up for our weekly newsletter, which I really have uh, enjoyed doing lately, uh, where you can get new not- uh, notifications of when every new episode is released. Uh, we only do it weekly. Um, I've been putting news and updates on there as well. Uh, you can also follow us on any social media network, uh, mostly Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, which is at GruntWorkPod. And with that, I've been Landon Solano. I've been Truman Caps. And, and fuck th- Rockapella. Rock-a-pella.